We also like to think of ourselves as, as the flock that is uh, coached and managed by shepherds. Well, yeah, you, you know the, the saying, right? Culture eats strategy for breakfast. We can't all be eco-warriors. But we all, what we have in common is that belief that we can, big or small, make that little bit of a difference. And so we like to call it the natural neighborhood. What VF has done through the acquisition is given Icebreaker a platform, a bigger, bold platform to talk about its message. Consistency and repetition leads to recall. To Loud and Clear, a podcast for those who give a share about advertising and also marketing. My name is Francisco Cárdenas, Principal of Digital and Social Media at Lerma and your occasional host. On the production, we have Rolf Ruiz, Creative Digital Technologist at Lerma. It is often in this podcast we talk about where we want the industry to go. But in this episode, the sixth episode of season three, we talk about where a company has been in order to understand where an entire industry is going. And for this conversation, we are happy to have our special guest, the leader of this company, Jan van Mosvelde, Global President of Icebreaker, a company that recently joined the family of brands within the VF Corporation, alongside brands like Vans, The North Face, Dickies, Smartwool, and Supreme, amongst others. Icebreaker is a unique company that since 1995 set a trend that is considered by many today as mainstream. And we'll talk a little bit about that with Jan. An intro about Jan is he's an engineer and a mathematician. He's a man that comes from a company that could be easily considered one of the most important marketing, marketing companies in the world. And this company is Procter & Gamble, where Jan spent almost 15 years contributing to building global brands. This inspiring leader speaks five languages and has touched categories that range from femcare to fabric care to soft surface care to then moving to the VF Corporation family in 2015. This job took Jan from Europe to North Carolina and eventually to New Zealand, which in conversations with him is a culture that he keeps alive and well, where he is now in Lugano, Switzerland. His exposure to consumers across the world has detonated in Jan a special sensibility to how to connect with consumers. And this has proven useful on a brand like Icebreaker that cares so much about the impact it has in the world and its consumers and where they live in. Jan, welcome. Is there anything I missed on this intro that you would like to add or highlight? Your professional journey obviously is impressive and I hope I got most of it to give the audience a sense of who you are and, and the importance of having you here as a guest, which we're very grateful for. Francesco, you're making me blush. Thank you so much for that kind intro. Uh, you were very complete. It's my pleasure to be here with you. I look forward to the conversation. Well, no, thank you so much for being here. And I'm really excited because, you know, in, in this world where, where now brands are taking a stance and really uh, speaking up of what they believe in, you lead a company that, that has been uh, an important company and was born from that uh, premise. And my first question, Jan, would like to be, in a way, what has Jan given to Icebreaker and what has Icebreaker given to Jan? Thank you for that question. It's, it's actually something that runs deep 
into the company in what the brand stands for and what every single of those more than 350 icebreakers worldwide bring to the brand every morning in the office or when working from home. And it's that common belief that we can make a difference, that nature brings the answers and that we have this unique role to play where we can tap into the power of nature to move every one of us every day a bit closer into living and breathing a more natural way of living. And that more natural way of living is multidimensional. Ultimately, I guess at one point in time, you'll want to ask me questions about clothing because that's what we do as a brand. But we really start from a higher goal, a higher purpose. And that is going to be the buzzword for the next hour, the word purpose, because we are a purpose-driven brand. And so you ask me what Icebreaker brought to me and what I bring to Icebreaker. It's that in a way, Icebreaker helped me found, find and define also my purpose on for the first time in my professional life, I feel like I can truly make a difference and I can one day hopefully say to my grandchildren, you know what, I was part of this. That's amazing. We always say that when we have the opportunity to work on, on brands that have purpose, it makes you get up in the morning with, with added energy because you're doing something that's meaningful and purposeful and you're able to look at your kids. <laughs> With, with pride, right? That is amazing. And you mentioned the icebreakers at, across the world. Is that how you guys refer to, to each other within within the company? Yeah, we, we have a lot of nicknames for each other. So <laughs> I will sometimes make global uh, addressees, do emails or, or um, address and talk to the organization and say, hello, icebreakers. But then we also like to call ourselves a flock because of course we, we stem from the New Zealand Merinos, beautiful, adorable animals who are the source and the power for everything that we say and do. And so we associate ourselves with them. And so we also like to think of ourselves as, as the flock that is uh, coached and managed by shepherds. And so we, use, we bring the whole terminology to life because again, it, it brings that unique culture to life of New Zealand and it, that runs again very deep into everything what we say and do. Yeah. And you know, doing some research, I read, and, and, and I think it's coming across in, in what you're saying of of Jeremy Moon talking about building a community around Icebreaker. And, and it's very interesting to me to see, like, let's build a, a community about a belief, but then make it tangible. And again, yes, we're going to talk about clothing, but make it tangible through clothing, through how we dress, which is a huge interpretation or, or at least a, a show of who you are, right? Of what you believe in, of, of how you dress, like how you move and all those things. Say a lot of how people are and it's the first look of, 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 of trying to understand somebody is looks. So building this community, is that, is that something that you're obviously keeping as a challenge within, within your project? Well, yeah, you, you know the, the saying, right? Culture eats strategy for breakfast. So it is really, truly all about community building. But it starts from the, the interviewing process and the recruitment process. Uh, one question that I always ask is move to natural, which is like our claim. It's the synopsis of, of our purpose. And I ask the question, what does move to natural mean to you? And because move to natural means different things to different people and some are extreme and they have sold their cars and they have gone 100% vegan, have said no to fur and leather. 
others are saying, you know what, I've just started to recycle my plastic bottles. And that's fine. We can't all be eco-warriors. But we all, what we have in common is that belief that we can, big or small, make that little bit of a difference. And so we like to call it the natural neighborhood. That's the name for our community. Wow. And I could just talk an hour just about that natural neighborhood metaphor, but what does it mean to be part of a neighborhood apart from just joining the same zip code? But in a neighborhood, you wave at each other, you say hello to each other, you know each other, you trust each other. You ask, hey, can I borrow an egg? Or can you watch my, my kids after school? So there is this trust, there is this understanding beyond the rational, oh, we just happen to live in the same street. And we think of ourselves as that natural neighborhood, which isn't just the icebreakers, our flock, but also the, all the business partners that we work with. The consumers are part of our natural neighborhood. Our merino growers are part of our natural neighborhood. Our supply chain, the manufacturing community is part of that natural neighborhood. Because the one thing that we all have in common by being part of that neighborhood is that common understanding of what we have together in mind as a vision for the brand and a vision for the for the world, in fact, which is we can make it a bit better by all moving to a more natural way of living. I love that you say not everybody has the same capabilities or change at the same speed. So I love that you said that, you know, some people that change means not using plastic, but others is, you know, the way they dress or the way what they eat. And I think having that acceptance of being, hey, yes, you're part of, of this community, you're part of this neighborhood and be able to keep seeing how we evolve because we're all evolving constantly. It's great. But you talked about being part of this neighborhood, your suppliers, your business partners, etc. How does this thinking, which I think it's awesome, the neighborhood, the community, how does this portray specifically to your marketing uh, or advertising agencies, families? How do they? How did you bring them as the leader of this company into this mindset and thinking and community, which I think should be hyper important in yeah. order to be able to deliver the message for Icebreaker? Yeah, some might think that my job is really boring, but I, I disagree with it. But <laughs> I end up actually talking always the same to everyone. And because when you're telling the truth and you're talking from conviction, you can say the same thing over and over and over again with passion. And so whenever I engage with new stakeholders, new partners, agencies, it's always about starting from that purpose, explaining the why we're even alive, why we exist and how they can help us continue to build that chapter. There is a beautiful word in, in Maori language, which is whakapapa, which is about understanding your heritage and your roots and what has led to bringing you in this very moment now here together. And we all have that background. We all bring that backpack with us. But then the question is, and now what are we going to do with it together? Because we're all been given this moment in life, this moment in time, where we now get to write the next page in this book. And now I haven't talked about our base layers or our t-shirts or our 100% natural products, because they almost become secondary into the overall mission of, we can really make a difference here. And we are joined by that common belief. And it opens to me always the, the creative, spectrum of how big I challenge our creative partners 
specifically to to dream with us and and think out loud with us. I've got a favorite saying with the agency is be very careful what you're going to present me <laughs> because there is a risk that I'm going to buy it. Oh, nice. and then you're going to yeah. have to execute it. Yeah. Wow. And and you know on this side you always is like what if the client buys it? You know what do we do? And it's like yeah well now you have to execute it flawlessly, right? That's pretty cool. If I would get a penny for every time I've heard the expression, oh, let's not present this to the client because for sure they're going to think we're crazy or no, no, that is pushing it too far. That's the first idea I want to see. Probably, right. yes. Also bring the other one. Also bring the safe option. You never know just in case you really got it wrong. But nine out of 10, honestly, there's going to be some brilliance in this creative idea that is going to be the basis for magic. And we yeah. actually just put one of those in the market. Uh, we're, we're about rolling out what we call the uncomfortable truth of wearing plastic, where we literally wrap the guy in plastic. I love and it. So, and I can tell you, if I go back to the creation phase, that visual was a blurry picture in an appendix with five other ideas in front of it. And we tapped into it and we started to brainstorm on the spot and the campaign was shot literally three days later, because we all fell in love with the idea, because it was so simple, yet so disruptive and bold, because it, and it starts from a big insight. I'm a big believer of consumer insights and tapping into that emotional unlock. The unlock is that nine out of 10 people do not know that the clothes that they're wearing are made of plastic. And so how do you shock the system by saying, do you realize you're still wearing plastic? I've never met a consumer who says, Yes, absolutely, I do, and I love it, and I prefer it over natural. <laughs> no, we I... just have to say, look, you are wearing plastic clothing, and by the way, there is nothing wrong with the synthetic clothing industry, but there is just sometimes too much of it. Yeah, And that's where we can come in and say, look, there is an easy way of making a difference by changing what is actually hanging in your closet, or even more importantly, what's next to your skin. And there is a natural way of going about it. And that's where we then, then only then, do we tell our product story about what do we have to offer. Yeah, I saw I, I saw that spot and I love that. Congratulations! I encourage the audience to to go see it. It's easy to find online. But I, I thought it was also interesting that in in a world where a lot of brands are trying to manage a message, such an important message, Icebreaker used humor and used fun to to bring the point of a harsh reality, which is you are probably using plastic right now. <laughs> you're you're wrapped in plastic, but you know, the idea of, of toning it down and using humor and bringing that reality to the consumer, I thought it was, it was brilliant. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. So the use of humor is interesting. And, um, and again, go, going back to the origin of the company of, of building a community, it seems that today, you know, that was in 1995, today in the age of e-commerce, in the age of social media, you know, how much the technology has evolved, that community mindset seems to have more relevance than ever. And I was just hearing you now talk about the neighborhood, and we all know that metaverse and this digital virtual worlds are coming to life that could potentially be connected also to e-commerce and, and, and build a bridge of, of a real life. What do you think of that? What do you think of technology and bringing that into your campaigns and building consumer experiences to embrace this community? Well, that's a, 
an, a very open question because the reality is it's our job as marketers to engage with our consumers in the most meaningful and relevant way. And we need to go and, and talk with them in those right occasions through the right media. And so for me, digital, <laughs> I was probably a bit disruptive when I said it, but in 2005, I made a recommendation to cut all the roles in my marketing team who had the title of digital embedded in the name. Interesting. And this was at a time where we were literally just waking up within the marketing industry of the digital marketer. That was like the most coveted marketing role. Yes. And why I was being disruptive with it is because we all grew up, well, I guess some of the audience will not have been born by then, but there was a time when there was radio and newspapers and print and then TV. And like, but never ever did I have, when I started in my marketing career, I didn't have a TV marketing manager. I had a mar marketing manager. So now digital in a way is, has just become the new medium where consumers get their information. And for a long time, we started to create this parallel universe between the mainstream media and the digital media marketer. And it was almost the excuse for the mainstream marketer to say, well, I don't have to do digital because we have the digital marketing manager, right? And for me, that was kind of like setting the team up for failure because digital is how we live and breathe and what we do every day. It's kind of like already back then I was on my Blackberry and but it was kind of like then and we checked in in the office in the morning and we left all our digital journeys behind and suddenly it was like, okay, let's do a new TV campaign. Yeah. And so you're spot on with, I don't think digital is a choice. Let's put it like that. Digital is just where the consumer exists and we need to continue to innovate within the landscape, the digital landscape being disruptive but being relevant and being engaging to that consumer so they want to listen to your message because ultimately we are disturbing their time and we need to ask for their attention and we only will get that if we're having a relevant message to them and so digital is a how it's not a what yes i love that i love that and i'm surprised that still today there's still a conversation about who's digital and who's not, like if, if you're not digital, which is, as you said, a sim it's a simple tool and a simple space, an additional space to connect with a consumer. But I agree, I, I, my title holds the name digital, but I agree that you're everybody, fired. yeah, I'm fired. Because everybody in the company should like is and should be, you know, able to execute and to connect with consumers. We have more tools today that go beyond TV, radio and print, and that's, that only makes it more fun. But, you know, going back to what the importance of having a, a North Star, right? The, the, it, the origin of your company, that the role of transparency uh, that you want to play in the world, I think using digital plays, you know, plays really well within, within that space. So you have a, quite an ambitious goal, you know, going back to plastic, you kind of, declared the war on plastic and are 91% there, I think, to that goal. Can you talk a little bit about <laughs> when you said, we're going to go against plastic and and this is how we're going to do it? Yes. Well, I'm a very peaceful person, so I wouldn't say we have declared the war on plastic, but it starts from indeed in 1995 when our founder said, 
isn't it remarkable that we tend to put on synthetic clothing when we want to go into the outdoors? Whereas if you think of Sir Hillary, when he climbed Mount Everest, there is footage there and he was dressed tip to toe in wool. Mm. The wool clothing industry dates back to, you can put this on Wikipedia, well, you can find it there. It's somewhere they say between three to 6,000 BC. Synthetic clothing was introduced in the 50s, 1950s that is. I didn't know that, okay. So wool has always been with us and even last year, we at the ISPO Award, which is one of the ISPO um, fair, which is one of the biggest outdoor fairs there are, we won innovation awards with 100% wool clothing. So the materials there, the innovation is what, what brings the newness to it and what keeps it relevant every day and for the next three to 6,000 years to come. And then we took that quick hard look at, or long hard look, I should say, not quick, on the contrary, at is it justified that we are taking synthetic clothing so much into the outdoors? And we believe that the answer was we shouldn't. And that's where our mission came out to say, look, we believe in moving to natural and nature has the answer. So we declared that we want to be 100% plastic free by 2023, which is now just around the corner. Mm-hmm. And and we've made amazing progress since that since the day we we made that announcement, because we be, there is actually a way of innovating our way out of synthetic clothing. Now I want to give one big important it's a little metaphor. I know you like metaphors, but again I there is nothing wrong with synthetic clothing. On the contrary, a lot of our brother and sister brands, for instance, have really committed to aggressive recycling programs and making sure that we responsibly manage the origin of how we get into creating new synthetic clothing. Yeah, that's another way of addressing the problem, right? Exactly. That's another way of addressing it. So the little metaphor that we use is that, you know, when you fall off a cliff, there's an ambulance that comes and and takes you to the hospital. So in a way that ambulance is there to help you solve a problem. And it's much needed. We all cherish them and they, hopefully they will always be around. But what if there's a different way? What if you can put a fence at the top of the cliff so you don't fall off? We as Icebreaker like to be the fence, not the ambulance. We support all the ambulance communities and we will always coexist and we will always have our different roles to play. God knows there is way too much plastic in the ocean and someone needs to go and get it and turn it and upcycle it into meaningful products that consumers cherish. But hopefully, I dream of a day where, you know what? There will no longer be ocean recycled plastic because plastic doesn't belong there in the first place. And yes. so we have a very simple, different view what we can, as a clothing manufacturer of using 100% natural materials, can bring to the consumer. And so it's really, it's not about better or worse. It's having a different vision. And the beauty of that once you actually try the natural materials on, it's very difficult to go back to anything else because the feeling against your skin is unbeatable. I love it. And and I'm I'm glad I used the word war because you corrected me and brought in a very important point of how you guys represent an alternative to fix a problem, which is evident and nobody can deny that. So I love you saying, hey, there's other brands that deal with this in different ways, but Icebreaker 
has this solution that, as a matter of fact, comes from the DNA of what we are. And, you know, speaking of, of analogies, you know, I think we talked about, like, I, I love the ambitious goal, right, of saying by 2023, <laughs> We're going to be plastic free. It reminds me of this emblem, uh, speaking of emblems as well, of Leo Burnett, which is an ad agency that has this hand reaching for the stars. Mm -hmm. And old Leo Burnett, which is an ad man that I admire a lot, used to say, you might never reach the stars, but you're never going to get, your hand is never, never going to get dirty with mud. So having those goals and ambitions that are beautiful, right, in, in its origin, makes you a better company and makes your partners and people to have a clear vision of where you want to be or try to get to constant. Absolutely. You know? Love I that. cannot take credit for it because I take it as a paraphrasing of Leo Burnett's statement, but I like to say, shoot for the moon. Worst case, you'll miss it and you'll end up among the stars. Nice. Love it. So how, do, how does all that this feeding and or, or how, you know, you, you always talk about house of brands or, or joining a, a larger group and Icebreaker recently joined BF Corporation and, and, and you were part of that. You know, how has that been you know, from, from joining the family, from having your own way of thinking as a brand, your own values? How has that been embraced? Has anything changed? Has anything made, you know, I'm sure there's things that been, been you know, you do it for, for the for the good of the company. Yeah. So, so how has that affected Icebreaker in general? Yeah, at the risk of almost becoming repetitive, but I'll give it a new twist at the risk of otherwise being also boring. But it starts with the purpose once again, because okay. our CEO, Steve Rendell, has always referred to Icebreaker as the first purpose-led acquisition. And so where VF and Icebreaker connected was on a purpose level, where VF is all about empowering movements of active and sustainable lifestyles for the betterment of the people and the planet, and we are all about moving consumers to a more natural way of living by taking the unnecessary plastic out of clothing. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly you saw that connection on a purpose level of why the belief, and it's now being proven day to day, of why we belong in the portfolio. Now, obviously, New Zealand is our home as a brand, Icebreaker. I just had the privilege of, of spending a couple of months there and I, I truly understand now better than ever the unique value that you get from living in New Zealand and being connected to the source of the brand. But there was also just a practical uh, reality that it is so far in distance from the, the, the where the heart of our consumers today live because our bigger businesses are sitting in the Northern Hemisphere. Mm -hmm. So what VF has done through the acquisition is given Icebreaker a platform, a bigger, bold platform to talk about its message. And we have been granted access to scale capabilities, support of the VF platform. So suddenly things that otherwise would have always been out of reach now are immediately available. I can walk over to any of my peers, a North Face, a Vans, a Timberland, and say, hey, we're struggling with this one. How do you go, go about it? And there is, there are no walls, there is no like holding back on, well, no, wh why would I tell you this story? One of the people I talk with the most is Jen, my counterpart on Smart, mm -hmm. because we are on that same movement and Smartwool has their vision on how they go about it and we have our vision of how to go about it. But probably more than any other brand, Smartwool and Icebreaker share the same origin on the material of Merino. And we have our own approaches on how to go about it. So there is no 
competition going on in the portfolio. It's truly really about how can one plus one equals five. Yes. Yeah, and and I'm and I'm sure that you know bringing Icebreaker into the portfolio has also inspired a lot of a lot of brands. Yeah, Smart will be the closest in the in the way they think, but I'm sure that peers and partners are also looking and taking from each other as a think tank of how to become better across the board, which is great. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great company. So congratulations. It seems, I think it's, it, it, it's funny because it, it seems that now technology serves to going back to basics, no? To the, you talked about wool and the, <laughs> the history of wool and, and, and now it's like, hey, let's go back to, to, to the basics and, and you guys are using technology to get back there and have comfortable clothes that it's uh, functional and long lasting. So, so congratulations there. Intersect. So this is an unprompted question, but when I grew up, I have hair rises on my back. If I think about the woolen sweaters that I sometimes had to wear knitted by my grandmother. You too. <laughs> exactly. And so, because I mentioned the word wool, the word that actually needs to be mentioned here is Merino. And I've already mentioned it before. That and so Merino is the miracle fiber. That's the unlock. That's for me now. I wear Merino summer and winter, whether it's cold or hot, because it all goes back to those beautiful animals who live in minus 10 to plus 30. And right. so this Merino fiber, and that's the secret of it, has such a unique composition on how fine it is and how premium, in fact, as a material, that it creates this unbeatable experience when you wear it because it feels completely different than anything you've ever imagined. It's a challenge to your audience to actually go and try it out and experience it for themselves. And that's where the, the, in, the, the innovation sits already in the fiber. And that is a natural innovation. Where we come in is how we can come up with new ways of bringing that beautiful, pure material to life in just what we call natural, naturally attractive styles, shapes, forms to delight the consumer. But the biggest innovation is done by Mother Nature and it's called the Merino Fiber. Nice. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 the truth. Like at the end of the day, you cannot uh, compete with, with the beauty of nature. And that's probably where the best thinking, when you think about your you're an engineer, but that's where the best thinking happens or has happened. So. Today, obviously, the world has changed a lot, especially in the last couple of years. And, and a lot of people are jumping into this trend. So something that was very unique to Icebreaker and a differentiator is now almost becoming mainstream. You know, a lot of brands are, are talking about doing good, about their concern for the ecological concerns and, and just having a message out there that's positive. Are you guys at all using the message of the history of the brand or, you know, it, it's getting more crowded without a doubt. What is the plan to, to be able to keep uh, the DNA of Icebreaker and, and the years of commitment? It's a really good question because we're talking to a, a marketing savvy audience. I'm sure you all know that consistency and repetition leads to recall. And in a way, yes, as you say, it's trending. It's people are jumping on the bandwagon. There is a lot there, I say, greenwashing out there where brands are claiming sustainable because it kind of like late next to it for half a day and therefore now we can claim it's sustainable. Um, jumping to the trend. Jumping on the trend, exactly. And, and here for us, actually, 
sustainability for us is not a trend. I, I can give you a trade secret. We never had at any point in time a crisis meeting where we pulled everyone into a meeting room and said, okay, sustainability is the next big thing. What does it mean for us? I mean, sustainability is who we are. Sustainability is why we exist. And the thing with trends is that they come and they go. But for us, sustainability is staying. We are now 26 years old. In 26 years from now, we will still be telling the same story of why we were founded in the first place and why we exist today, because I'm not going to be too naive in 26 years from now. So even my successor and probably everyone currently working on the brand will have, I think, in 26 years from now, a successor. So there will be a new generation and we have become part of that new chapter or, or the previous chapter of the Faka Papa. They will still be moving to natural and, and helping consumers to move to a more natural way of living. So it's great that sustainability is trending. We applaud it because we are about leading that movement. And we are just a tiny little drop as a brand in such a big ocean. So if the times are now that people are waking up to it and the industry is waking up to it, we applaud it because we say we lead a movement. So that means by definition, we need people to join us. And I just hope that they will join for the right reasons and with the same integrity and transparency as Icebreaker has been looking at this very problem for the last 26 years. And hopefully that will create the momentum that we need to truly make a lasting impact on the planet and on the life of consumers. That's, I think that's a beautiful message. It's a, it's a message that also shows the integrity and how sure you guys are about your plan of who you are. And I do tell you this, I have a 10 year old daughter that even though she's a young, soon to become consumer, she completely aligns more than I ever was at 10 years old with what you guys stand for uh, in everything she does. So the relevancy of what you stand for and how you guys were created and how a lot of brands, thankfully, like you say, are coming to that narrative from from the core of their products, I think it's it, it's one that's gonna hopefully be here to stay uh, forever. Yes. So we're we're almost towards the the end of, of the of the of the podcast, Jan and I and I am I'm very thankful. I wanted to give you an opportunity. There's always there's always things as we work in the industry that we have in our heads that is like what can I do better or what can they do better, and I wonder if you have any advice to professionals in the advertising, I mean, you've given us plenty in, in this podcast, but if you have any additional or final thoughts to what would you do different? Where are we? Are we taking a wrong turn? Are we going the right way? Are we, what would you, what can we, what else can we learn from you in the sense of, yes, we should become, you know, there's a ton of topics that we could take forever, but if you have any advice for ad agencies, marketing professionals, new professionals coming into the industry, we would love to hear them. So here what are the, bothers uh, you? What yeah, bothers you? The, the, <laughs> the dangerous, famous final words. Actually, I want to start by going back all the way to the beginning, which is you introduced me as an engineer who then yeah. started at P&G, the school of marketing. And, and now I'm talking to you as a brand president and we're in a, a podcast talking especially also about marketing. 
I did not have one single hour of marketing during my education. Not one. In engineering, I'm a constructional engineer. There's very little marketing that comes with constructional engineering. And so... Well, you're the, building a brand. Yeah, but that's that's my line. I don't build bridges, <laughs> I build brands. <laughs> that's exactly my line. That's awesome. But so the first thing is, is that I... I I like one of the beliefs that I have, what has made me throughout my career, I guess, advance and, and, and succeed is that I always kept it simple. I always listened to the consumer. And I always tried to have that brand love in mind. If I could love it, I knew a consumer could love it as well. And so you have to find that passion for what you do. And if you then are able to combine that personal passion to a delight for the consumer, everything else is, is secondary because then we're going to talk about margin and price and distribution. But th now we get into the marketing education that I never got. I've learned it along the way, but that's not where I started. And so if, if you're in a marketing career, it's about following your gut, following your passion, but always keep the consumer in mind and never confuse yourself for the consumer. The consumer is boss. I love that. Having seen my brand now, I would say the consumer is boss until the purpose overrules it. Because especially in our world, we sometimes need to lead the consumer because we have to sometimes rip the bandaid off like we're now doing with the campaign and almost shocking the system to say, hang on, Watch out, pay attention. Your clothes are made of plastic. I saw, I remember this passionate group of teenagers demonstrating in the streets of Zurich in Switzerland. And they were saying, stop wearing plastic, stop wearing plastic, or using plastic, sorry, stop using plastic. And it was a bit of a drizzly day, it was a bit raining, and they were all wearing plastic clothing. But the recollection or the awareness wasn't there that actually implicitly we're all contributing to the problem unless we start to pay attention. So one of my big dreams is that we will slowly but steadily continue to make progress as more people like your 10 year old daughter are becoming aware and care. Because even today in our generation, Francisco, there are people who are aware, but don't care enough. Or there are people who care a lot but are not aware that they're part of the problem. The next generation will be aware and care almost from the cradle. And that excites me. And then what we, I believe we will build is this natural ecosystem where, and again, why I started in the beginning, not talking about the product, but about the purpose is because we need to find this harmonious ecosystem powered by nature where our food, our clothing, everything we do and what we consume can be taken, but also given back. And so for instance, one big focus for us is regenerative farming, which is the future, which once we're oh, done wow. with plastic free, we our next focus is regenerative farming, where we put back more than we actually take away. We're actually already very close. So it's exciting to be able to talk more about that in the future, but that's where we need to go, where we can live responsibly and harmonious in the same natural ecosystem. And that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. 
I love it. And, and I think, I mean, honestly, you being an engineer, I think in today's world gives you an edge, right? Because you oversimplify. It's like, okay, what does the consumer need or want, right? The two things there. Because sometimes, as you said, what they want might not be the right answer. But bringing those together, I think, I think it's great. And sometimes us in the marketing world that kind of went to to study that academy, we kind of compli- overcomplicate and it takes somebody like you to come and say, guys, what is, you know, what is this for? <laughs> and how are we going to do it? Thank you very much for being part of this podcast. Thank you, Francisco. It was very enjoyable and a shout out to all the creative minds in the podcast. This has been Jan van Mosvelde, global president of Icebreaker, uh, a brand that was born with a purpose and evidently is now more relevant than ever. Loud and Clear, a podcast from Lerma Advertising, can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Teacher, iHeart, and even Pandora. Jan, I forgot to, to ask you, is there anywhere where people can follow you in, in digital or want to ask you more questions? They can like, find me in all the usual ways. Uh, LinkedIn is the most obvious one. Obviously, I would say anyone who wants to learn more about the brand, just check us out on icebreaker.com. We spill all our guts there, including for the last year's transparency reports, 70 pages long with all our secrets. Love them. But that's what it is about creating a movement. It's all there. You can read it all about what we do from the station to the shirt on your body. It's all there. So plenty of ways to learn more about us. And I will add the links to the notes of the podcast so you guys can 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 connect. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. We have recently redesigned our agency website. So if you want to look for us, you can find us at lermaagency.com forward slash podcast. Thank you very much, Jan. All, all the love to Switzerland and we'll be connecting. Super. Appreciate it. Thank you all. Bye-bye.